Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So as we get closer and closer to the Paschal Triduum, the church is inviting us to contemplate more and more these just, the, just we're circling the events that changed everything. And here we are at the Last Supper in John's telling of it. And Jesus is telling his friends that he's about to embark on something. He's about to do something that he alone must do. Um, right? At another point he says, for this reason I have come into the world. Right? There's something singular about his passion. There's a specificity to his mission there's a work set apart for me, the, uh, like the yes that I alone must give. It's like, and as much as I want you to be there with me, you cannot go where I'm going. You cannot do what I'm about to do. Only I can do this work. And of course, it's Peter. It's always Peter. It's Peter who asks, Master, why can I not follow you? Like, I want to follow you. And then the greatest open mouth, insert foot moments of all time, he says, rather bombastically, I will lay down my life for you. To which Jesus responds, again, not harshly, not sarcastically. It took me a little while as I was praying with this to not hear Jesus say, oh, will you? (laughs) Because that's how I hear it in my heart, right? Like, oh, will you, Peter, really? But that's not Jesus. Will you lay your life down for me? Amen, amen, I say to you, you, before the cock crows, you will deny me three times. There's just such a sadness. But there's also a hope in Jesus' words. Like on Palm Sunday in Luke's telling of it, Jesus says to Peter, Peter, I've prayed for you. Satan has demanded that you all be sifted like wheat. And he's, he's looking at Peter. He's like, I've prayed, I've prayed for you. And when you turn back, that's the one that, that's the line, I didn't preach about it, but that's the line that really, really struck me through this, uh, this past Palm Sunday, the reading of the Passion. Like Jesus knew, like as he's saying that, Jesus knew, Peter didn't really realize yet what he was talking about, but after you turn back, like because I know you'll come back, Peter, I know you'll come back, I know you'll come back, after you've just messed up so terribly, after you come back, you'll strengthen your brothers. All right. But here's what struck me about this gospel today, right? Let's pause and consider for a second, not when the events in the gospel took place, but when were the words in this gospel written? In other words, like when did John, the gospel writer, record the events that we just heard? Decades, decades after the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And still he chose to include them in his telling of the story. I mean, think about that. Like, here's my point. If you and I were trying to create a religious movement, okay, and our founder, or like the, you know, the guy that our founder handed on the authority to, if that first founder screwed up as royally as Peter did, I imagine that you and I would be probably have been tempted to cut that part out of the story. Like, to to edit that out, it's so embarrassing. You mean your first, like the first pope? Like, imagine you're pitching this to, you know, new Christians, right? 
So our first pope was this guy named Peter. And you, wait, you mean that he denied and betrayed Jesus? Uh, what? This is, this is the kind of thing that, like, if it weren't true, should have been on the cutting room floor. It would have been edited out. It should have been edited out. Like, not only is it so scandalous and embarrassing that he denied him, but for the gospel record to show that Peter even bragged about going to his death to defend Jesus. Like, John, like, what are you doing? Like, like why in the world did you include this? Like, to rub it in? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, as I sat with this, as I prayed, I heard Peter say, it's there because I asked him to include it. I mean, think about that. John and Peter, they were traveling companions after the resurrection and the ascension. They journeyed together. They shared life together. So much, of the, so much of John's gospel paints Peter in a very bad and embarrassing light. I mean, even the fact, well, here at Easter Sunday, that they, they have this foot race to the tomb, and John, John's the one who says they ran to the tomb, but the younger guy got there first, right? Like... Old fat Peter couldn't make it, right? Or I, he's always painting Peter in this light. Why does he do that? Not because he's got this, you know, this agenda against Peter, but because Peter was like, I want you to include this. I want you to include this. I imagine that Peter never tired of telling and retelling the story of that morning by the sea of Galilee when Jesus appears again to the twelve by the charcoal fire and invites them, come have breakfast. The story of Jesus gluing Peter back together after he had been shattered by his unbelievable failure. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Tend my sheep. The third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I imagine Peter never tired of telling that story, and I just imagine that Peter, from that point on, just never stopped crying. Like the rock was pulverized by failure and shame, but glued back together by mercy. This was included because Peter wanted to boast of the Lord's mercy. Yes, it was that big of a betrayal. It was that big of a failure. I was that bombastic and stupid and prideful and arrogant. I, yes, I said, John, write this down. I even said I would go to my death for you. Write that down. Include that. And I, and I betrayed him. But he recreated me. Because that's what the risen Lord can do. Like in a way, Peter ended up being right in some ways. Like as the cock crowed, a part of him died that night. Like the pride, the self-sufficiency, the presumption, all of that died. And in its place was a shattered man who all he could do was present the pieces to Jesus who's a mosaic master. He makes beautiful things out of dust. And that's just how good our Jesus is. And that's why, that's why this is part of the gospel. 
Because it's the story of mercy. He knows of what we're made, but he also knows what he's making us into. Amen.